I'm Phil with Alpha Bow Hunting, and this is our new show, To The Point. Kill the silence, huh? Yeah. Kill the silence. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to roll. Alright, so welcome back to another episode of To The Point. Today's show, we're going to actually read our first question. And it's a short one, but it's actually, I, I, it, it fits in pretty well. Let me find my spot here. It fits in pretty well to where um, we left off with the last episode, talking about back wall and, um, you know, what to, certain things on the feel aspect of shooting a bow. Um, and I guess before I even continue further, if you're listening, I'm Phil Mendoza. We got both Erie and Braden Forsyth on today. And the question that, that J-Bo posed on, um, via email, how do I select an appropriate stabilizer setup for my bow, right? I mean, simple question, but it's something that we deal with. It's almost something we, I don't say we look past, but it's something that it's, it just, we get it so much mm-hmm. that it's, uh, it's routine, not routine, but it's our starting point with answers, kind of starting the same point. They evolve into different areas, but, um, you know, I have uh, Bo and Braden, if you're watching on the YouTube feed, they have some of their, their, their bows right now with some of the setups they have. And to, to bridge from what we started, where we left off last week with holding weight, you know, stabilizers, do a lot in, in, in relation to what you're seeing in your sight picture. You're hoping to make your pin movement slower and smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Those, in my opinion, are the primary focus of a stabilizer. So they stabilize. So they what stabilize, they right? <laughs> so all the rubber and the foo-foo dampening stuff, honestly, um, most bows today don't have a whole bunch of hand chop, right? No, not really. So I, I, don't, I don't get caught up on you know dampeners on the stabilizer, rubber dampeners to reduce vibration. The stabilizer is going to do it regardless, um, you know, because it's obviously sending that vibration out in a different direction. Um, but yeah, it's, it's for me, secondary. It's, for, it's, it's definitely secondary. It's for how is my pin holding on the target? So, and, and something that most of us, and, and what I really hope to do with these videos and this show is to help bridge the gap from target shooting, target shooting world, ter, you know, terminology, um, beliefs, techniques, whatever, and hunting and bridge that gap so that way the hunters can benefit from the accuracy, accuracy side of the target world and see what, what fits and what benefits uh, the bow hunter, right? Yep. So most of us use a fairly long front bar, yeah. if not a front bar, side bar combination. Yep. And in doing so, the balance, it helps us achieve you know, that sight picture we're looking for or, or the leverage of the stabilizers help to slow down that pin movement. I want to reference an article real quick here that I read a long time ago, and it's by George Riles. I still have this. I mean, it's on paper, if nothing else, right? You can see how it, I've had this for a while. The article is t- titled Stabilizers, Balance, and Bows, Oh My, Oh My, by George Riles in 2010. This was more on the target side, side yeah. of, of explaining stabilizers and balance and moment of inertia and... Um, how it the, your stabilizer setup leverages what you see and some tips and tricks if you're seeing certain things you know if you're seeing your pin dropping out the bottom on the on the on the spot so that you're holding and then all of a sudden it just wants to drop out the bottom that may be an indicator that your front bar is too heavy right yeah. things like that it it that article is great if you can find it again it's stabilizers I'm balance sure and bows around. oh my i'm sure it's floating around on online somewhere it, i'm sure you can find i it. had a hard time finding it a few years back when i tried to send it to somebody yeah but if nothing else, 
contact George Rouse. Tell him, tell him that we sent you over there, okay? Um, <laughs> to, to, to reference that. But that's a good reference. Now, we use, we've got some tools in here that we, we almost don't use enough, right? right. So Braden brought it up too. We, we've got a, um, the balance for the what, dead, what? dead center, dead bow, center balancer. bow balancer. Yeah. And something like that, it's really a valuable tool from a stagnant point of, you know, putting your bow in there at, at rest and being able to move weight around, move your bars around and see how it affects it. Because that's a, it's on a, it's on a, what's a yeah. gimbal that just kind of moves around right. and handles a balance. Go ahead. Did you have a, um, I, I like it as a starting point yeah. personally, just that's, to really, you know, to, to get the bow to balance level mm -hmm. and then obviously you know you get on range and you start drawing the bow back and you see how your pin's moving and then that'll help you kind of make it's, slight it's tweaks. A lot like, it's a lot like you know setting your third axis right if you do it on the on the bow vice you can get your close and you can get it close but then you have, you to, have draw, to put that torque into it, it. Yeah. you have to put that that tension in the and, system. And yeah. you're relating you saying torque that's something that George actually ref, ref, references in the article is that lateral torque with the sidebar being more of a issue of correcting a, a, a lateral torque as opposed to a sight, right? A bow yeah. sight. Now he's again. This is a targets article, I would say. So you had a, a, a bow quiver on there, four, five, six arrows, especially you know some of these arrow setups that get to be really heavy. It adds some weight off to the side yeah. there. Yep. So definitely starting point. It's a good good point. But again, bridging that gap from what we what we left off with last week and going into to where another point to consider with stabilizer setup is holding weight so we talked about what the back wall kind of what we started to talk about i should mm -hmm. say we didn't yeah. get super in depth but we started to show you cable stops limb stops how a cable stop bow builds poundage slowly on the back end um or more steadily a yeah. limb stop bow is going to be more abrupt yeah. right the other thing to think about is the amount of holding weight that you have on your setup could actually reduce the amount of weight you need to leverage pin movement so you add more tension into your system by adding for example Braden and I we had 80 pound bows Bo has an 80 pound bow I think you hunted with your 70 this year though right I did this year yeah so but we all have 80 pound bows yeah. and it's not that we're trying to beat our chest or be macho do we get a little bit more energy to pull an 80 pound bow absolutely so the deliverables are great but what we actually like best is the holding weight on the back end with what it does to our sight picture so you can think about, a, a, for easy math, a 70-pound bow, 80% let off. You're holding roughly 14-ish, 15 pounds of holding weight when you're comfortably in the valley on the back end. Yep. As you start adding tension, pulling harder in that back wall, obviously you start building poundage up. You bump that to an 80-pound bow with the same, you know, then you're up around 16 to 17 pounds. And you might not think 2 pounds, 3 pounds is a whole bunch of That's difference. That's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. And as you start to see if something we talk about is empty, empty pin movement, yeah, empty, empty float, float, right? So if your pins on target are just no, no rhyme or reason, just kind of generally in the general area, but you have a hard time really holding tight on the spot, if you have the ability to start adding holding, holding weight, weight, whether it's on a module system, holding weight from a draw weight system or a, the, the implementation, yeah. you'll see your pins start to kind of hold a little tighter and steady up. That's, in my opinion, the combination of holding weight and stabilizers yeah. is where you achieve that hold. And that's where a lot of people don't understand that. They just say, yeah, I see somebody using a 10-inch bar or a 12-inch bar and a sidebar. I'm going to try it. 
but then you start looking at the details of well this guy's got 12 ounces on the front of his front bar and this guy's only got six you know or whatever the weight combination is that's more a direct reflection of that specific bow in that yeah. shooter's hand yeah. with the specific amount of holding weight that they have to achieve it's it's, it's a it's like a math equation right because right? yep. you can get i mean you've got the guy with a, a 12 inch bar and you got the guy with an eight inch bar but you got a guy with an eight inch bar is running 10 ounces out front the guy with the 12 inch bar is running six ounces correct out front, but they're getting very similar counterbalance in that weight because of the leverage, the leverage. points and, yep. and you bring a good point with the setup again Braden, because that that's directly that you see target guys using a 30 inch 33 inch front bar with sometimes they have two to five ounces out front of yep. weight and then you take that and you you see a bow hunter setup which is let's say a, a 10 inch is, is a common setup they may have 12 to 14 ounces up front right. 10 to 10 to 12 ounces maybe so the longer the, the further away that weight is from the hand position of your of your bow and for center just for the center point the of it Lord affects that hold. that's it the leverage it's it you don't need as much weight yeah that, so that's why a lot of like my hunting setups personally a lot of guys look at my bow you know i'll be sitting here at the shop shooting and they'll be like you hunt with that and i do i i mean i hunt with a pretty long front bar mm -hmm. but one of the reasons why i do that is because i can use less weight on the end of that bar to maintain the stability i want versus say shooting a six inch or even an eight inch bar now is a six and eight inch bar going to be a little bit easier to maneuver through the woods absolutely yeah. but in the grand scheme of things once that arrow is knocked the arrow sticks out in front of that bar so to to move it you know if you're getting ready for a shot to move and and, and draw your bow and make that shot we well, got to worry about that arrow yeah and that's a great point until you draw so I, myself personally I, I do hunt with a pretty long so but why don't you grab your bow for me yeah. actually load an arrow in there as well and, and sure. show people what you're talking about on the on, that are on watching anyway yeah so you're stabilized is that a 12 inch bar is that that's a, a it's a 12 inch bar and i'll cut my arrows really short but that is a 12 inch bar and you can see that the arrow sticks out in front of that stabilizer so if i'm sitting there in the woods getting ready you know to, to make a shot and i have to you know maneuver, move, maneuver my bow my arrow is beyond that stabilizer, so the length of my bar really isn't affecting how maneuverable my bow is. It's the length of my arrow. Correct. Now, I'm not telling you guys to cut your arrows down as short as you can. That's not what we're saying. But what I'm, you know, addressing here is is the fact that a lot of people's debate to the to the longer bar is, well, doesn't that get in the way? Yep. In all honesty, not really. Now, when the arrow's obviously in the quiver and I'm moving it around, do I have to, you know, if I'm getting into real tight stuff or ground blinds, something or like ground that. blinds, yeah, maybe that'll affect me then. But even at that, um, if I'm in like cover that's so thick that I'm really struggling to maneuver my bow, I probably don't have an opening to shoot. So, bring grab your bow for me because you got a little different setup with you. Yeah, I just actually kind of changed to this because um, I was running a similar setup to that, um, and I actually went with went to this the micro hex the B stinger counter slide um, gives me my offset and my front stabilizer in, in, in one. I wanted to reduce some weight on the bow at the leverage point so you don't have the brackets. And I ran the dead center, they've got pretty big brackets, a lot of weight right here. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to kind of get rid of that. This bow right here is primarily used in a tree stand, ground line, That's the white tail kind of uh, configuration. So for, for what it is, this was the application I, I, I wanted to try. And so far, I've, I've really liked it. Maneuvering this thing around in a tree stand and ground blind has been uh, has been actually really nice. Um, pulling it up trees, that kind of thing. So this has worked well for me. It balances well. I definitely notice a little more uh, pin float because I don't have the weight out there. Um, 
but it still still shoots pretty accurately with it. But so. in, in all things in context too, so if, if you've been through the, any of the Alpha workshops and, and know our, our 3.0 system or the structure, it's very much building your system for the application and the, and the animal you're going to be pursuing. So Braden, having the ability to have multiple bows, took this bow and really built it more so for that tree stand ground blind application of whitetail hunting or, or you know, it, that, you know, yeah. close quarters, yep. you know. I, so your shot distances again, you're taking it and you, you're really not, the, the, uh, the likelihood of you shooting something in your last third is very low yeah. with this setup. Right. You're more in your first third is, is where probably 85 to 90% of your shot scenario is going to be. That middle third, you might still see 15% of, of your scenarios, but you're right. So that pin movement is acceptable because as you start going back to when we measured and tracked effective range, you got tight group sizes in that first third and second third range. You can afford to give a little. The other thing is, is, is when I'm doing that type of hunting, it's rare that I have my quiver on my bow. So I didn't wasn't as concerned with that with that counterbalance um, on the other side. I didn't need as much out there. So I figured that this would be enough to, to counteract my, my sight and anything else torque on the bow. Yep. Um, and it has. It's done, done a good job with it. Yeah. Check and bubble. Myself, I like I like to look at the stabilizers kind of the same way I look at um, you know building up arrows. I'm gonna determine what I'm using the bow for first. Sure. To help me determine what length bars. Now, obviously, if I'm going to be sitting in a tree stand, like, for instance, Braden's set up here, if I'm going to be sitting in a tree stand, I'm not going to run a 15-inch front bar, okay, which I've done for, say, my elk hunting or spot and stock setups where I may have to shoot a slightly longer shot than, uh, than I would generally like to. Um, so, like I said, tree stand, I'm going to go with that shorter bar. Um, I'm not carrying it all over the place, so physical weight, having to add more weight to the front of that bar to get the stabilization that I want. I'm not overly worried about carrying the extra weight. Uh, it'll just lend itself well to that situation. Yeah, no, I, and, and all great points. And the, the things, so a couple of points to take away from this is don't, because we added one more thing with holding weight to, to the equation of stabilization or how to select a stabilizer, don't let that freak you out. Understand that, you know, like Bo said, choose the, the type of hunting you're gonna be doing primarily. And if you're, you say, hey, I just need one setup for everything, well, you might have to fix that, pick that happy medium to where yeah. you might not go with a 15 inch bar. You may be in that 10 to 12 inch front bar range because yeah. you might do some tree stand, some spot stock, and then your sidebar combination with weight and, and balance at that point, work off that system. Braden made a good point with his dead center. He likes that, that stabilizer system, add some weight and it stabilizes his bow nice, but it does add weight. You right, know, and, that's, and that's where you, you get into kind of a struggle, right? Is, you're wanting to add weight with a stabilizer, but you're wanting to create leverage. Right. Leverage. It's points, where right? do you add the weight? Exactly. Right. If you don't want the weight on the bow and the center mass of the bow, because then you're just holding the heavier bow up. Correct. You want your weight more out on your under ends. You know, another thing that when it comes to stabilizers that we didn't really talk too much about is I see a lot of guys that come into the shop and they're running just a short little like five inch mm -hmm. rubber stabilizer. What a lot of you guys need to understand is if that weight okay from your stabilizer does not extend beyond your limb pockets it, it's almost useless to have sure. okay and i say almost obviously it's adding some weight to the bow which can slow pin movement down but you're really not but displacing no that weight there's right, no leverage right, right. you're not pushing that weight out far enough so everybody that you, you buy i see a lot of times guys oh and they're just like oh crap i need a stabilizer well just, let's just grab that six inch bar or that five inch a limb saver you know whatever it may sure. be and and they put that on there well if it doesn't ex extend past those limb pockets 
it's it's not, not really any creating any leverage. It's not helping you out as much as a, a longer bar could. And that's that's a good place to stop here. This this is a topic we'll probably get more in depth with because there's a there's so much you can get into with stabilizer setups and and the adjustability and the different you know different brands and right. And from a from a ten thousand foot view on on the stabilization uh, you know of your bow, the idea is. When we draw that bow and we put our pin on a target, we want to be confident that we don't have to. We don't look at our bubble and go, "Oh, I need to bubble over." Or, that bubble, it's be very if, close. If you give it, yeah. if you have the right set system, the right setup, it's going to be very close, and you should yeah. go on to aiming and, and going through the pro the rest of the process. And that's yeah. what why stabilization or balance in your bow is so important in the ten thousand foot view. Yeah, and I so I think that we'll probably, like I said. T table this the question was great just from a standpoint of how it tied into what we were already working on yeah so Jaybo, i'm going to go ahead and email you and we do have some some uh some swag that we're going to be sending over if you have questions email me just in the subject line put in there to the point question so i know how to filter through those questions one more announcement remember on the youtube channel only on the to the point shows get on their comment make sure you're a subscriber hit the bell notification and we're going to select a winner to pick out a bow. It's going to be anything except a carbon bow, is what we had said. Yep. So Hoyt's released their new bows now. Uh, Prime's got some nice bows out they this do. year. Uh, PSC's got the new bows out. We're waiting to see what the Matthews does. Yep. Um, and for the most part, that's what we, that's where we're at with yep. most of the yep. stuff in the shop here. So any aluminum bow that we sell, um, we're going to pick randomly from somebody who's who's commented on the to the point shows. So no questions asked subscribe you can tell us hey you guys are a bunch of dingleberries whatever we may randomly draw your name and for your comment you're going to get a boat but it could happen I'm, i hope it doesn't happen hopefully not but it, it could happen so um appreciate you checking out the show we're going to um hit another episode here with the same clothes on and um no showering so if you catch us on the next one uh it was actually recorded right now right now See you guys later. Just coming right into it.